you've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast and wherever you are in the world, from Madrid, Majuro, Malibu, Male, Managua, Manama, Manila, Maputo, Maseru, Mbabana, Malakeok, Mexico City, Minsk, Mogadishu, Monaco, Monrovia, Montevideo, Moroni, Moscow, and Muscat, and all places in between, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe, and I'm the Lonely Diplomat, and I'm also a little bit puffed and overwhelmed by reading out all those capital cities that begin with M. I work to reconnect diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to themselves and to the world around them. I do this through thelonelydiplomat.com, my website which contains other podcast episodes, my blogs and descriptions of my services, all geared to helping you live your diplomatic life wherever you are in the world. You know that this diplomatic life can just as easily be amazing as it can be lonely and isolating. Connection is the antidote to loneliness. So stay connected with me and my work by subscribing to thelonelydiplomat.com. Subscribers are the first to be told of new content and will be told of exclusive subscriber-only services. There's a link to the subscriber page on my website in the episode description. Listener, this will be a very short episode. Minimal, if you will. The podcast follows the blog post which I wrote, uh, which I published on the 7th of March 2020 called The Lonely Diplomat on Minimalism. And I want to start this episode by asking you a question, inviting you to consider where your mind goes when you hear the word minimalism. Did you go to, or does it go to KonMari? To Mari Kondo, that phenomenon that swept the world in 2019 on Netflix, which had us all decluttering and only keeping that in our life which sparks which sparks joy does it have us imagining magical folds that um, has our drawers and cupboards and areas in our house looking amazing or do you imagine stark austere areas devoid of comfort when you think of the term minimalism or Perhaps someone all dressed in black, someone who, you know, potentially has pretty cool glasses and, you know, dresses in the same clothes all day, every day. When I think of minimalism, I'm not going to, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you here. Sometimes that still comes to mind when I think minimalism, but I'm Phil. I am a minimalist while I'm working towards being a minimalist and I do this because it has many lifestyle benefits for me in particularly moving from place to place to place to place to place. But before I get into that, I just want to say that minimalism at its core is very simple. Minimalism is only allowing into your life that which you know to be useful, 
or beautiful. The emphasis there on the word you is really important because what I find to be useful for me or beautiful for me differs to every single one of you. And that's the point. The point of minimalism is that only what is in my life, the things, the people, the thoughts, the beliefs, are useful for me or what I find to be beautiful. Keep that in mind because I want to talk about my entry into minimalism. And I talked about this, uh, or I wrote about this in my blog post, The Lonely Diplomat, on minimalism. But I just want to go into a little bit more detail here. And before um, my posting in Seoul, uh, for about oh, 18 months beforehand, I, I, I kind of found minimalism on, um, on Amazon and start, uh, read a few books. Um, and some of the books that I've read, have uh, I've put links into the bottom of that blog post. And those books were, for me, very calming and talked about um, decluttering chiefly clothes um, as a way of um, opening oneself up to the world by actually having less. So on, I found myself on New Year's Day 2015, um, a few months out from uh, the move to Seoul. And it was a very hot day, as uh, New Year can often be in Canberra. And I found myself sorting through my wardrobe um, and sorting through so many clothes and I would try them on and trying on winter clothes in the middle of summer is not at all comfortable but I tried everything on and there were articles of clothing and and you know jumpers there were jumpers that I hadn't worn since well I couldn't remember when I last bought when I last wore them but I knew that I'd bought them in 19 in the 1990s they were huge. They, they, you know, did not fit at all. But somehow I'd been dragging them around the world. They'd survived so many moves um, over the years. But there they were still taking up space in my wardrobe and really taking up space in my life. Now, I found not only were there jumpers, there were ties. I mean, really, if you're of a certain age, you realize, you remember how big novelty ties were in the 1990s. Well, I, I had a lot and didn't wear them, but still carried them around over 15 years later. So the bed in the bedroom um, where my wardrobe was, was just piled high with so many clothes that I had been dragging from place to place to place, never wearing. And when I looked at what I wanted to keep, that which I knew to be useful for me and to be beautiful for me was like, I, I, for so many clothes, I wore basically, I don't know, like five t-shirts, two pairs of pants, um, you know, suits and 
um, and, and a few ties and, and things like that. But what I had in my wardrobe um, really, really did not match what I actually wore. Indeed, my wardrobe kind of became this perpetual time capsule of clothes and, and other like shoes and just stuff that was a bit of a, a, a museum. And I thought, why? Why am I dragging these around the world? So, yep, I put them in the boot of the car um, and, um, and took them to the op shop um, and, and donated that, which was actually, you know, worthy of, of someone else to wear. And then those that didn't make that cut were thrown out. And if anybody has seen any sort of decluttering shows, there is that oh wow moment. And that oh wow moment is that realization that the person on the show has when they're looking at the mountain of rubbish in their house. And that that has to go somewhere. And generally it goes into landfill. For me, that was really confronting. So much stuff I could see, literally see the damage that me being a consumer was having on the environment. That was at once confronting, but also really an awakening moment. So from the bedroom, I, over a couple of weeks, moved to different places in the house. So there was the kitchen and, you know, with the knickknacks and things that always go in the, the second drawer of the kitchen, under the cutlery drawer, um, and, and even lower than the second drawer, the third drawer, which are full of utensils that have one purpose uh, in the kitchen, right? Then, you know, looking at each of those and and working out what what you know sometimes we had two of or maybe even three of and and you know looking and and deciding whether that was something that you know we really did need to have three egg timers for instance would one suffice from the kitchen I'd move to places like the bathroom I'd move to the linen cupboard and would and I, I remember seeing sheet sets for beds that fit the bed in Caracas over 10 years earlier, um, but didn't fit any bed that we had since or, you know, in the house at that time. But yet again, dragging it around the world for another eight moves. Then there was the study. And I don't know about you, but sometimes... You know, it's just easier to deal with the bills, the uh, like the utility bills, the bank statements, the the the, the stuff of, of life, what it requires, what adulting requires, just kind of is easier to to you know file it away and put it into the filing cabinet and just kind of close it. Well, the filing cabinet does what filing cabinets do when you have that approach to them, and it began to overflow. And there were piles of stuff all over the study desk. And slowly but surely, I worked my way through them. Also in the study um, was 
uh, years, years worth of magazine subscriptions. And this was really important to me. This is another awakening moment. Hi, I'm Phil. I like being fit. I had a subscription to men's fitness. I had a subscription to men's health. And I had those subscriptions over a number of years, so much so that I could remember editions of those magazines that provided information that was completely contrary to what was being provided in the current edition of a magazine. And I saw them for what they were to me. They were feeding my, I guess, my, my, my insecurities. They were selling products to me that I didn't need in order to be a fit and healthy man. So they went. I donated them to my local gym um, and they, you know, got many different, uh, you know, went to many different homes and many different eyes read on them. But they were out of my house. They were out of my sight and they were no longer feeding my insecurities. They no longer, well, I, I stopped the subscription to them as well. So they were no longer coming into the house. And as a result, I had much better appreciation of my physical being. More on that in an upcoming episode on on fitness. But that oh wow moment continued to happen as I went through the house. That environmental impact of me being a modern consumer in the modern world had me feeling both ashamed and appalled. I looked at the amount of stuff that I had surrounded myself with and knew that I was perhaps numbing myself to how things were or were uh, I was maybe not numbing but being an aspiring consumer. If I buy this, if I subscribe to this magazine, I will have a body like that. If I buy this, I will become like the person selling it. If I, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? If, if, you know, if I buy this, then this will happen. Well, no, no, that's a myth. That's a lie, all designed um, by marketing. Um, to sell a product and I would buy the product on the on the promise on the aspiration because it never worked but there I would go buying that product and in decluttering uh, and I felt lighter I felt clearer I, 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 I liked opening my wardrobe door and seeing space between clothes I it, and and that feeling that feeling was addictive yeah yeah like anyone who undergoes a radical life change um, whether it's a new diet if uh, a new philosophy on life hey uh, listener I became that guy and my family full of love reminded me um, in the way that families do that what is working for me (laughs) 
perhaps would not work for them and I might need to dial down my advocacy of minimalism for everybody everywhere in the world. And I realized that people go at go through life at their own speed. I can only control me and my words, my thoughts and actions. But me decluttering my life began over the years to a decluttering of the family's life and a focus on what we knew to be useful for for us or to be beautiful for us. One of the advantages of minimalism is that it helps me critically assess what I allow into my life. Let me explain. It's one thing to purge, to declutter that in our life with no, which no longer serves. And it's easiest to see that in our belongings, in the things, the stuff that consume our, that occupies our homes and our minds. It's another to not reclutter once the space has been created. So it actually requires a great amount of focus on my part to be a focused shopper. So when I go shopping after another round of decluttering, which I do every six months in April and October, I go through the house, I go through um, and check what has not been used, why it's still there and why it deserves to occupy space in the house, space in my life. And so that involves going through clothes, going through documents in the study and looking to, to, to critically assess what is coming into my life. If I need to replace it, then I go shopping and or look to replace it through other means beyond uh, consuming uh, more products. But if I do go shopping for, you know, a t-shirt that might have worn out, I am very clear on uh, only wanting that t-shirt. And because I know it fits well, I know that I look good in it, I feel good in it, and the t-shirt serves me rather than me buying mindlessly uh, a, an, a, another garment that is just going to take space in my closet. And that happens almost every time I buy something, almost every time I buy something because I'm not immune to the charms of marketers. Let me just say that. And there are some things that I buy and I get home and I'm like, oh, why did I do that? (laughs) Um, But I find great power in reminding myself at the time that I'm buying something to, to bring into my life, do I know it to be useful? Do I know it to be beautiful? Is it needed So that which remains, that which comes into my life, and this is not just things. This is people. This is beliefs. These are thoughts. 
what comes into my life now passes through a, a filter, which can be summarized by the expression, you know, is this needed? Does this serve me? Is it useful? Is it beautiful? Is it something that will improve my life and the direction I want my life to go in? On a practical level, minimalism makes moving, which is something that all diplomats and those living the diplomatic life do, multiple times uh, over the course of their life, makes moving house, moving countries so much easier. The move to Seoul after decluttering the house in Canberra was easy. The move from Seoul to Wellington was easier still because the continual clearing through of the house um, and only having things that come into the house that are of use and that are beautiful to us, to the kids, to us, is uh, makes moving house easier. And you know what I say, that how frustrating it can be where things belong, where you know that you had space for it in one apartment or in one house in one city and you move and it's a smaller property that you've moved into with different storage or no storage configurations. And having less stuff means that there's always a place for something. Uh, there's always a place for that, for, for your stuff to go. So I invite you, listener, as we come to the end of this episode, to think about minimalism not just as clearing through the things in your life, the stuff that occupies space in your house, but begin to look at what is cluttering your life. That can be people as hard as it can be to declutter people from our lives. Without doubt, there are people in our lives who clutter, who feel that they clutter us. And if there's another way of putting that, I, I'm sure there is another way of putting that, but, um, but we'll, we'll go with that for now, hey? And the thoughts, the beliefs that we allow to enter into our lives, decluttering begins with stuff and then goes through every facet of life. So if you're looking for something to get started on your minimal journey, open your closet. Go in, clear out the clothes that no longer fit you, the aspirational clothes that you bought when you were going to go and you know work out but never quite worked out or something those 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 clothes that you know you know fit well in the store but never you know somehow don't look good outside of the store sure clear out your closet then go to your phone clear out the apps that you don't use then slowly and surely over time you'll begin to clear out that in your life which you which is not useful or beautiful that now which enters my life is truly special to me is truly special for me 
what you let into your life will be truly special for you and to you. That's all I wanted to say for this episode. If you have any feedback, like always, please send me an email to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. If you like this episode, please give it a rating on the service through which you're now listening. If you liked the episode, please tell your friends, tell your family. If you think there's something that I could improve, please let me know. This episode, like all episodes of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, was provided to you at no charge. If you'd like to support me financially through a monthly or a one-off contribution, please go to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support. I want to say thank you to all those listeners who have provided support in the past. It does sound like you're getting ready to go. So until next time, be awesomely and humanly you because the world needs more you. All views expressed in this episode are my own, and all sounds are freeware in the public domain. Thanks for listening.